This is Delicious Matt Bear, and you are listening to Footstuff. Well, hey, gang, and welcome to Footstuff Podcast. This is a Blue Blaze episode. Number two. The very <laughs> second one. We are going to do a brief media review, this time on a film that Footstuff Podcast sat down together. We had an inside movie night. Is that what they're called? Inside movie nights? Yeah. Cute, a cute boys movie night. Yes, cute boy movie escapade. We all sat down together in Studio 7, and we watched The Epic Climb by Kevin Jorgensen and Tommy Caldwell, the first two people to do an entire ascent of Yosemite's Dawn Wall. This is a part of that monolith that sticks up out of Yosemite Valley, not where all the cracks are and not where uh, Free Solo just happened. Um, Who's the guy, Free Solo? Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold was just at the outdoor retailer show in Denver. Friend of the pod, Andrew Leary, saw Honnold. Didn't see Tommy Caldwell, but in the same year... Another movie came out called The Dawn Wall that featured the climb up that's that face of of uh El Capitan. El Cap. And we have watched it, Matt Bear, and we have a few thoughts on that beautiful, beautiful documentary. I thought it was fantastic. I've seen both Free Solo and Dawn Wall, and I think Dawn Wall had way more of a backstory, it explained climbing a lot better, kind of went into all the details of grading and different types of climbing, and it did a really good job of explaining all that. And then it was also just amazingly filmed. I think it was filmed over the course of like eight years or something like that, because, I mean, it took them, I think, seven or six or seven years in total to, to climb it. And, <laughs> yeah, they they were on the wall the whole time. Um, I, I, I really liked it, too. I think if I had to pick one... Between Free Solo and Dawn Wall, I would definitely pick the Dawn Wall as uh, I would rather watch. I thought it uh, had a little bit better of a story. Yeah, and backstory, murder. Murder. I really liked attempted how... Attempted murder, at actually. At a certain point, the story separated from them trying to climb the wall, and it kind of separated into Kevin's story was almost separate from Tommy's for a bit during the climb. Yep. And I really liked how they, they kind of show Tommy's character... And uh, like his personality and how he kind of backtracked and their story became one again. Mm -hmm. I thought that part, for me, that part was my favorite part of the movie. Um, And how he shit minced his finger. And how he shit minced his finger. And watching him rub it into a little jar of lentils got me super psyched. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, hell yes! Before Tommy shit minced his finger on a table saw, he, he was one of the young climbing prodigies in the United States. He ended up winning a bunch of competitions in his youth that he wasn't expected to win before he had made a name for himself. Well, he ended up winning the one in Denver. Um, his dad had signed him up. They were there by chance. It was, it was Denver, right? It was in Colorado. Um, Maybe it was... Yeah, Vail, I think. Va- yeah. He entered that contest kind of on a whim, and, uh, he, and, he, and he won, and that's what really yeah, they kind had of rocketed. Like a, they had like a citizen's comp where you can just enter in if you wanted to, and he ended up winning. And that's and what then, really put him in the spotlight. Yeah, well, yeah, then the next day, um, he got asked to compete with all the world champions who were climbing, and he won that one as well. So he was Tom, the only person yeah. to finish the route that they had on that. Absolutely cool. incredible. Yeah. Tommy makes a name for himself. He then infamously goes to Kyrgyzstan, on a climbing expedition with Beth Roden and 
John Dickey and Jason Smith, and they all go to Kyrgyzstan, which sounds nice. They're going to climb some epic routes out there. But uh, it didn't exactly go as planned. Y'all remember what happened in Kyrgyzstan? The this segment of the movie was really well done because they obviously like. Well, we'll get into the story in a bit, but they weren't filming, so they animated it, mm-hmm. and the the art style was really really cool. I really yeah. like this portion. But uh, Matt, you know the story pretty well. You read the book, so yeah, know, uh, they it. got they were pretty much on a big wall climb and woke up. To gunfire. Hell yes, who doesn't? Though? Yep. <laughs> and then they, they had to rappel to the ground where they were then taken hostage and kind of marched through the mountains and the desert for, I think, almost a week being held hostage. And um, two of their captors left and found out later that they got killed by the, the other army. And then they were trying to escape from the two captors that they currently had and Tommy Caldwell ended up pushing one of them off. And the, isn't off that the, the book that he wrote? It's called The Push? The Push, the push. yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that part of the documentary is... Yeah. And, and it's he, heavy. It's so very he, heavy. He thought for like pro- several years that he had killed this man and found out later that the guy actually survived somehow. Yeah. Um, but that was then like put on trial in his home country. At the time, I think Tommy, to when he shoved him, said, Gotcha, bitch! <laughs> I <laughs> think... He? I think what was the cra- like to me the craziest part of that whole scene. I mean, obviously the situation is very intense, but when you look at the faces of Beth and Tommy, especially afterwards, because they're getting interviewed on national television. You oh can yeah, and they're like kids. And at t- the time. Tommy is they're a kid. You young. can see in his face when they're asking him questions that like he is fucked. Oh yeah, like, dead mentally, inside. He is fucked. <laughs> Because he's murdered someone. Yeah, so he the whole thinks. group. Yeah, like I thought that was uh, it was a pretty heavy, heavy part of the movie. Yeah, but then he went went to Yosemite and like started climbing big walls again to get over all of that, and that's when he found the Dawn Wall and started that project. So the Dawn Wall is on the eastern side of El Capitan, and in the morning when the sun rises up over Half Dome. It's the first part of the wall that gets stri- struck oh, by sunlight. I thought it was named after Don Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Don Soap. The Johnson crack. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, then it, he kind of ha- he's looking up at this wall and Don living in the too. valley. <laughs> Things are great, but then his relationship with Beth falls apart and he goes to the wall with his dad, Mike, as a sort of uh, kind of just mental respite for himself and then comes up with an idea. Of climbing the whole Dawn Wall in, what, what, I guess, what type of climbing is that? When you're using ropes and you're in your free climbing, he's free climbing. He wants to do an entire continuous free climb of the entire Dawn Wall. And I remember he's doing parts of it with his dad. And isn't there a part halfway that just has this strip of of rock in the in the oh, middle yeah, the, that's about ten feet tall, but with no traversable hole? Yeah, traverse, yeah. So he has to somehow come up with this traverse and. The, the route that he is able to construct over time, isn't it a bunch of, like, 513s and 514s? Yep. So it cont- the whole Dawn Wall route contains more hard pitches than anything on El Cap combined. So, like, I think every single pitch is at least 513 or 14. Have you guys ever climbed a 513 or 514? <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> Not even a little bit. Most I climbed in a gym, I think, was like 5'7". <laughs> I think I saw... Wait, Matt, haven't you... I think I saw you climb a little bit of a... No, that was a 12. Yeah, and it that was, was I, a 12. I flailed on that yeah. unsuccessfully, but... 
I can't imagine being up that high and doing I've this. I've seen but. Celia from work on a 12 before. Yeah. What happens then is he decides he needs a, a, a partner to do this with, and he kind of puts out the call, who wants to come climb... Yeah, who doesn't have a job, responsibilities, maybe is independently wealthy, can get a bunch of free gear from someone and has literally nothing else to do, but try and climb this thing for like eight years. And that man, Kevin Jurgensen, <laughs> <laughs> shot an email back. Who's a beautiful man, by the beautiful way. Beautiful man. And who, who had also never a big wall climbed in his no, life he's a boulderer by trade. Yeah. He looks like Steve French. He, he does look he like does Steve look like French, French, actually. Handsome, ruggedly handsome. I really liked, so... I th- they're showing all of this, and they they have this goal. They want to do this climb, and they're they're working on it. But I like the underlying theme within. It's like the story within the story. It's not just about climbing something that's never been done. It's about Tommy or anyone, maybe even you, if you're listening to this, and how people cope with stress and stressful things in their life. And he's he's going through this ugly thing with his wife and ex wife Beth, where they're getting divorced, and he is fucking crushed. So like he has not like the only thing he can do is channel all of those negative feelings and channel all of that into something positive. I think that's really one of the underlying messages of the movie. And like I love how he almost becomes obsessed, but it's like it's kind of a healthy obsession. Like he is just mm-hmm. taking his mind off of the things that are negative in his life, and he's like pushing towards this thing which is really positive. I channel my rage into this podcast. Every single week. <laughs> but th- there is another backdrop, which is the impossibility of the feat. All oh, of these yeah. other venerable old-time climbers are interviewed throughout the documentary Dawnwall, and they all say, like, this can't be done. Like, this is, this is crazy. And then all of a sudden, Tommy Caldwell shows up with nine fingers and he's going to do it, and so I love the, I love the impossibility of the feat is also part of that that backstory. And in addition to Tommy's turmoil that he's dealing with, and who better than like a, a partner than yeah. than Kevin Jurgensen? <clears throat> and they actually, I remember watching it on uh, on the internet when they finished this. It was live streamed, like the last. 24 hours of their ascent pretty oh, much people was, were going nuts i mean oh, there yeah, was, it was, it was like on the evening news yep. all around the country like i yeah, remember them watching them deal. do like the last pitch which so this was, really was happening cool. way back in january of 2015 and i believe that they were on the wall for 19 days yep yeah and that's another thing is just thinking oh. about they had to carry up all of their food grimy their water they they weren't supported up there they had to bring everything they slept on a porter ledge i mean I don't know how much money I would have to be paid to sleep out on a portalage. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll if do someone it for buys free. a portalage, yep. I'll do it on Wallface this oh, weekend. Absolutely, yep. I want to do really? that so bad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, really? ha- I'll hang it off one of the boulders at McKenzie. We Pond. could hang it off the porch of Studio Seven. What's the elevation gain on this place? Enough for a portalage. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up starting this quest to climb, and they're making their way up the wall, and they've made it maybe through the first six or seven pitches. Which apparently uh, among those are some of the easier pitches. Both of the climbers are able to do it together pretty easily, and then they get the traverse. To the traverse, and this is one of the Dear best parts Gordon. of the movie. We've heard so much about Tommy's experiences and the things that Tommy's going through. Then we start as we see Tommy successfully complete the traverse. Spoiler alert. We then wait. Oh, yeah. We should have said spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> they, they did successfully climb it. We don't know, though, about Kevin. Is Kevin going to be able to do this traverse? Because this is like 
514D. Spoiler alert. Well, he does. and the traverse itself. So as Tommy's going across, there's a spot where you have to, there's a there's a dyno. And Tommy cannot, he knows that he can't do it. So he ends up doing this really crazy thing of down climbing like 200 feet around this little eight foot section. So he down climbs and then climbs all the way back up to go around it. Kevin, however, yeah, 514 is, down climb. Down, yeah. Insane. Kevin, however, is not going to do that. He thinks that he can make the dyno, but he has, is having trouble actually getting to the dyno. So that's yeah. where, like, the kind of the crux of the story of the Don Wall really focuses right here on what happens is Tommy is now climbing pitches above Kevin, who's stuck below, trying to do the traverse. His fingers are absolutely fucking shit minced. He's completely demoralized, and the whole world is in the valley with cameras watching him fail every again day. Again and again and again. Yes. <laughs> yes, so if you are at the, the dawn wall of your life, uh, just <laughs> send... Isn't there an email you could send to some... You know, podcast out there? Yeah, I think that would be footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Wooly Wade's Woody Wisdom is always available to you. (laughs) Um, And just, you know, reimagine your life and go around the obstacle, even if it's a 200-foot descent into the abyss. You might come out on the other side, a better person. Maybe. Maybe not. No matter what happens, Footstuff Podcast sent you. Just tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) But then the, the story, as Tommy's climbing and climbing and climbing, he's so successful, he's almost made it. He can see... Success at the top of only a few more pitches away. He might only be two more days away from completing a lifelong dream of completing the Dawn Wall. But then he gets to that ledge. Do you all remember? Wino Tower. Wino yeah. Tower. Wino Tower. And what happens to him at Wino Tower? Well, you can. It's really cool because they're. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're filming. They're, they're filming it as it happens. So you actually see Tommy come onto Wino's tower, and you can see on his face like this, like really triumphant moment. You know, like to be at that spot for about five seconds, and then you can also see it drain out of him, where he's like he he's happy that he made it, but it feels wrong. It feels incomplete to him to be there alone, and that Kevin is still. Down in the ledge, the portal edge tent, struggling with the traverse, yeah. and he decides at that moment that he will climb no other pitches without Kevin. And uh, from that moment, he goes back down to their camp, which is at the traverse, and literally belays him for like three days, and just hangs out with Kevin and yep. focuses on Kevin. And like, I, and I think that Kevin needed that like sort of support from him because, like I said, the whole world is watching him fail every day at this traverse. <laughs> His fingers are seriously fucked from trying it, like. He needed his friend there to help him with it, and uh, and he makes it. And he makes it. It's, it would be it's like, absolutely incredible when he makes it too. It's like if you wanted to climb Mount Joe, and you're there with your friends. It's not you, like this at all. But and go you're on. climbing Mount Joe, and you decide to go up the short trail, and your friends are thinking, "I don't think I can get up the short trail at Mount Joe. It's almost a mile trail in total to get to the summit of Mount Joe." How would you feel if one of your friends was down there at the junction with the long trail? How would you feel? I'm not really sure I understand the question. <laughs> um, how would you feel? If I was... No, just, you know, if, how? If I had a friend that was at the junction of the short trail and the long trail... I'd go, sw- I I'd go swim in the lake. I would feel nothing, <laughs> which is but what I normally feel. Yeah, I was going to say, that's usual for you. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> How would you feel, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, could, I couldn't do it. Imagine if Henry Liebers was down there waiting local for Local legend and known liar, He's Henry Liebers. Studio <laughs> 7. I would just feel so incomplete without having Henry on top of Mount Joe with me. Henry, I mean, what if I left you down there? I mean, right now I'm feeling kind of hungry. 
I can't tell you about this situation. You're... You should get some of that. Uh, what was that old bread we ate earlier? That was so Old mountain good. coffee, mountain bread. Oh, I mean, jalapeno it... cheddar, holla back. Yeah, the choice was you leaving me at the junction of Mount Joe and I could go have some jalapeno mountain bread. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Tommy Caldwell says, we've got to get KJ up here. And he's talking about Kevin Jurgensen. And then the, the documentary is in its crux. And we watch Kevin fail time after time. Um, like So many times. Like me parallel parking. <laughs> or Matt Bear learning how to speak proper English. But when he does, when he does send it. It is properly amazing oh, to yeah. watch. It's it, it's incredible. And then they just crush it and get to the top. Yeah, they they crush it Spoiler all. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And who's up there? But Alex Honnold's up there. Yeah. Yeah. He was He's up, up there. there. Oh, Tommy Cobble somehow found a new wife, and she's up there too. <laughs> and they're yeah. and their kid. They He's like make too. out up there for a while. And <laughs> Kevin and uh, KJ's mom was there. She I, was I in the valley. She was in the valley watching. It was kind of cool that they had all these people in the valley watching and kind of cheering them on. I thought it was cool how Jimmy Chin was there, like cheering them on the whole time too. Yeah, was he there? No, I think that was Free Solo. That was Free Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so my favorite, he might have been there. My favorite part of the whole movie, and it's like I always, my favorite part of any movie is always a part that everyone doesn't really care about. My favorite part, though. Was that so? When they're in the portal ledge and they're kind of uh, just like in the Lion King, the everyone's favorite part is like with Timon and Pumbaa, right? My favorite part is not that part at all. It's when Simba is coming back to Pride Rock and he's running and running endlessly, running and he and then he looks up into the sky chasing a mirage of his father, and he can never catch him. And finally, he looks down in the puddle and uh, who is it? Who's the baboon? Rafiki. Rafiki. Yeah, Rafiki. Rafiki comes over and he's like, "You see." He is in you, and that's the part I like about Lion King. We can edit that out. Well, right? anyway, back, back to the climbing movie story. Jeremy. Yeah, but anyway, my favorite part, uh, so what, in somewhere in the middle where they're climbing up, there's a lot of people calling them on Tommy's iPhone to do phone interviews, and they're able to see kind of like the news updates, and all these people are covering it, and uh, Kevin's kind of getting a little bit of bad press that he's not making this traverse, and Tommy has already gone through. And uh, quote unquote, Tommy ac- accidentally drops his <laughs> no, he fo- it. <laughs> drops his phone from the portal ledge so that they can't see that stuff and they can't be reached. But you know that he just whipped it out the side <laughs> of that tent. Maybe even murdered someone at the bottom with it. He's already done it once. Now, yeah, double homicide. But uh, <laughs> push, push two. That's my absolute favorite point. Where he's like, oh yeah, I accidentally dropped it. Bullshit. He <laughs> threw it. That's that was my favorite part. But anyway, you can uh, you can pick up the the movie today if you want on Blu-ray or DVD, and it is fantastic. Yeah, it is good. I don't know what a Blu-ray is, but you get if you one of those. if you come to Studio Seven, I'll watch it with you. Um, maybe Wade can make us some gumbo. Wade will thumb wrestle you <laughs> after some thumb wrestling, and it'll be great. Yeah, the deluxe experience. We haven't had any submissions lately. It hasn't happened in a while. Someone mm. self-submitted them themselves the other Whoa. day. Can you do that? No, I don't think it is allowed. Who was it? It, uh, it was your friend, Tyler, Jesse. Oh, Jesse Kramer? Yeah. Well, Jesse, all you have Wait, to do is Jesse Kramer? Else. Isn't that a character from Full House? <laughs> is it? Uncle Jesse Kramer? Oh, is it Jesse Kramer? Uncle Jesse Kramer. If anyone can confirm this, is please email footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Do you all remember Full House? What what was uh there's Danny Tanner, there's Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse. What was the other guy who was Joey? Really, 
Uncle Joey? Uncle Joey. Oh, yeah. Wait, you are the Uncle Joey in my life. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thanks. Makes me blush. Okay. Well, hey, now that we've talked about the Donwell, what's up with you guys? What's going on? Just hanging out. I've had so much coffee today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Feeling good. Jeremy, what's going on in your life? Nothing. <laughs> what? Matt Bear? Just kind of going in circles, uh, Dead inside. What did you just say? Dead inside. <laughs> Yeah. Jeremy, we, what do you have planned for your days off? Um, <clears throat> hmm. I really want to go to that Himalayan restaurant. I don't know if I ever told you guys about that, <laughs> but I really want to go there. I'll go with you. I just work from 8 to 4 every day. Uh, I'm probably going to do a bunch of painting. Yeah. Painting. Cool. Yeah. Sounds Maybe good. ski. Maybe ski. Maybe ski. Yeah. Nice. Sounds exciting. I don't have any updates. All right, we're going to go to our guests now in studio. They're each going to tell us a fun fact, either about their lives or something interesting. Going to Henry first. Yes, a fun fact, Henry. Anything at all. Well, I've had three cupcakes today. Ooh. Wow. Were they all the same flavor? No. One was Funfetti. Nice. One was Pumpkin Spice, and the other was White Chocolate Raspberry. Ooh, what was your favorite? Ooh. I like the White Chocolate Raspberry. Yeah, that, I would have gone I don't know. Funfetti. Actually, I don't... <laughs> I think fun fetty is a little much. I like regular fetty. It's too fun. Like fettuccine. Like f- yes, <laughs> on a cupcake or fetty wop that wrapper. Fetty wop, yeah. Yep. Radical. Thank you for listening to Footstuff Podcast Blue Blaze episode. Keep it wild, everybody. Footstuff.